So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Linda Ray. You're very welcome to the podcast, Linda. Let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your journey because it's fascinating and share a little bit about you, what makes you tick with our international audience. So over to you, Linda. Thank you so much, Simon. It is a delight to be here as well. And I love following you on Twitter. You're so insightful with your intel about all things media. So thank you. And thank you for the invite. Very honored to be here. My name is Linda Ray, R-E-Y. And I'm originally from Sleepy Hollow, New York, which is where the Headless Horseman roams uh, by Ichabod Crane. And I live now in Roxbury, Connecticut, which has its own historical right. Uh, Marilyn Monroe lived here when she was first married to Arthur Miller. Thank you. I had to pause there. I have had coffee, so we don't know where this could go. <laughs> Uh, I am originally, my background is originally all insurance, my entire life for almost and very close to 40 years. So do not do the math, although I started when I was three. And I owned an agency for quite a bit and sold my share back to my sister. And Trevor is my partner in life and business. And we moved to Connecticut and we we're sort of in transition of, and he was a mortgage banker. So he retired from the bank of boutique bank in Long Island. And we we're like, so what now? And he took his financing background and I took my marketing background that I, I love marketing. It's magical. And it's, I could just do it all day long. And that was kind of the thing I wanted to do more marketing and less insurance and underwriting and quoting and all that boring stuff. And we said, well, let's start a financing business because we noticed that a lot of business owners were struggling with getting the money out of the bank. They had been banking at their bank for decades. They knew their banker. They either golfed with their banker or went to birthday parties with their banker. And all of a sudden, when push comes to shove, they couldn't get the money. So we started a brokerage to assist with the process and built up a matrix of lenders for all different types of loans. And then COVID hit. And we were out of business. Uh, Trevor's also a professional musician, and he we were out of two businesses because of COVID. And so we said, so, you know, now what? We're not a stranger to starting over and reinventing ourselves. And he said, well, this EIDL loan, Economic Injury Disaster Loan via the SBA, which is the Small Business Administration in the U.S., they have this loan for businesses, and it was typically since 1953 for natural disasters in various communities and states. And uh, since the president had declared COVID as a disaster and they had air quotes and infrastructure for lending, they uh, were anointed to have be the agency to disperse these loans and approve these loans, process these loans. So we didn't know anything about it. So we were learning on the fly. We had some financing clients and they said, can you handle this? You have my information and I paid you. <laughs> so can you help? Can you help us out? And Trevor was like, oh, wow, this is great. They want to give us money, but we don't know what the thing is. So we'll learn about it. And then we'll just kind of share the process and the breaking news along the way as we go, because we have nothing else to do. <laughs> Our other two businesses kind of, you know, poop the bed. So um, 
so we started learning and then went, went on YouTube and we're just um, like, here's how you do it. Cause this is how we found out. And we got loans approved, which was the other like, whoa, this is cool. And so at the, uh, by the time May 22, 2022 came around, we had over 500 clients. Uh, we secured that we know of that we can, that we tracked almost $70 million in disaster funding for small businesses to survive the pandemic. Uh, so that was, that was a good feeling. And that we think it's probably closer to hundred million because of our YouTube channel, uh, which was also a very interesting journey of using video marketing and no one watching. And then when we, when we were finally Google found us and YouTube found us. The questions we were answering were things we were talking about in 2019. And so we were like, wow, I wish people had watched this. Uh, so it was a, a bittersweet because we, we ultimately got monetized on YouTube. But um, yeah, so now what's what's now now the EIDL is closed for COVID it still exists for natural disasters so we have to pivot again and we're going to be talking about how to if a tornado wildfire hurricane or flood happens in your area what to do to go about getting funding for if there's property damage or an economic loss I've launched an NFT project which is like what but uh, for me it was more of a uh, the technology of blockchain and how it could assist with small businesses and marketing. And so that's how I'm using it. Uh, whereas I know typically the NFT, it does kind of have a stigma about crypto, but it also uh, is, some, you know, music or gaming or art projects. This is literally how small businesses could alleviate themselves from mistakes they don't even know they're about to make. So that's kind of exciting and new and has its own challenges. So we shall see. So that's the wrap on that, I think. <laughs> Linda, I, lo I love that. And what a great, I suppose they use the term pivot nowadays, don't they? What a great change, kind of out of necessity. But I suppose Going on to, what did you say, almost four decades, almost 40 years of, of yeah. sort of business, commercial, insurance type knowledge, consulting expertise, you were able to really get to the crux of what was important and provide that information, that service, that lifeline to all those people at a very critical juncture. And uh, it's great to see that that sort of became what you what you did, you know, what you do. Um, it was it was uh, quite extraordinary, not what we did, but the, the challenges that we saw and that we were able to provide a solution or at least a sounding board, be a sounding board for people who just needed to tweak one thing, a couple of things or whatever in how they were managing the process. And also, you know, the, the challenge of business owners, they didn't go into business to know how to DIY a business loan. You know, most business owners, most business owners don't go into business truly understanding how to predict the unknown future or project an expansion if that's a goal and and all of the moving parts when it comes to other people all of a sudden being in your business about your business and what it means so it was really we learned a lot 
I mean, we've made our own share of mistakes, but then couple it with mistakes the SBA made and the mistakes the business owners made. And then together it was a hot mess. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm glad you were there in part to make some sense of that for everybody, Linda. So thank you. Thank you. Thank and you, son. Do you know what I love when I read the fact that you cut your teeth in the insurance business? And I'm quoting here in the mid 80s with a typewriter carbon copy paper forms which i remember unfortunately and a mad dash to the post office to snail mail applications and that was with your father's insurance agency right yes so yes. What, a, what a journey from those early years to your own insurance you know and i know you've done everything when it comes to insurance you could write the book on it i know that yeah except for actually a question or a discussion that was in a twitter spaces yesterday about nft and crypto and insurance and somebody was in bermuda and i'm like whoa hold on that's good different worlds like you know so i am now intrigued and inspired really to kind of learn more about how insurance perhaps could play uh, could be a part of the web three journey uh, for small business owners so we shall see that's a new frontier for me but i'm excited i love that linda and yeah you've mentioned web three and crypto and nfts which i know you launched but also that underlying blockchain technology which is an instrumental step change for potentially the future of business and i know that's kind of your key focus area and you've been very involved in that sort of web3 web3.0 you know metaverse blockchain nft type environment from both a student and a teacher perspective right Yes, uh, the Web3, I think it the stigma is so profound. And one of the reasons I had the light bulb moment, March of 2022, when I understood how with Trevor as a musician and a writer and, you know, him you know, not ever having this dream job of doing those creative outlets for himself for full time for business or, you know, whatever to make a living. Uh, for the light bulb moment for me was the blockchain being a way for him to earn royalties on his work versus Spotify gets all the money or, you know, the books go in the book bin at the library and never see the light of day kind of thing. And I think what was is most misunderstood about the blockchain is that everybody does think about crypto. And I, I'm not into the crypto aspect of it. I don't trade crypto. I think I might have not even one Bitcoin. I maybe have like a tenth of a Bitcoin. So I, I'm looking at blockchain as sort of like the new internet and how we can communicate with products and services. So um, for me, that's the exciting part. But I we're definitely a long way off from really kind of enveloping all of the tools that are available for marketing, for small business, for products and services, a uh, long way off for me, in my opinion. So, Excellent. but it's still fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, no, good points. And I, just last question on this before we move on, because I want to ask you some other, some other topics too. But you mentioned YouTube and Google and sort of getting found by the algorithm and answering questions from maybe a year before. But you do use YouTube quite successfully now because you have already a YouTube channel where you're talking about that disaster loan sort of information. 
I know you have your Web3 playlist and all that sort of information and interviews that you've done on that on YouTube. But you, you've also mentioned social audio and Twitter, and I know you're very active on that. I'd just like to get your perspective, you know, because you've, you've four decades of experience, and now you're right in with the latest tools and channels and communication and video. And what what do you use the most? What do you like about the current distribution channels? Maybe if I use that term in inverted commas, uh, you know, and social audio versus, you know, recordings on youtube and for discovery just what are your thoughts on that for our audience linda well for me content is mysterious yet magical because you can you can create in so many different ways that lend to how people consume content when they're researching when they're learning when they're needing to solve a problem or just seek the you know relief of something that will help them whether it's you know like women with cosmetics and and nutrition you know what's what's the best and greatest and whatever thing is going on for them right I'm a mid a woman in her mid fifties. We already know what's going on. So, right. So there's ways for people to search things that will give them comfort. Right. So I think they're all important, but it's the most challenging part is figuring out what do you like best and what does your audience like best? And one of the things that is, I think a work in progress all the time is which one or do we do all of them now to answer your question video is very hard it took me a very long time to be in front of the camera i didn't really adapt to video until probably 2019 which was not that long ago i did try to i did start it a little bit with the agency and i hired someone to do a video and i post a video on youtube but it was more of a intro hi this is who we are and this is what we do and how can we help and that was the extent of my youtube right uh, but then i after leaving the agency and having my own business separate i was like well i gotta start all over with marketing let's let's i, I hear this video is very useful so let's try that but what i found with video is you can you can multi-purpose content so in other words with a video it, it, we use the script so that script could then potentially be a blog right or what we did was we used captions in the video and then the caption platform allowed you to download all the captions an instant blog there is some editing that goes on but you can potentially outsource that easily and i think very affordably so and then the other thing was with a video if you do a long form video whether long form is three minutes to you or 10 minutes to you or 40 minutes to you you can take snippets from the video and make a one minute video because then that became with between uh, uh i guess TikTok was the first with the minute i know vine was like eight seconds but then TikTok, then reels you know so on and now youtube has one minute shorts so you can slice up one piece of content and make it and then of course with the video you can extract just the audio and boom you have a podcast and the same with twitter spaces with audio you can record them now and repurpose them the thing is that what again has to become more comfortable 
which is prompted by consistency is actually doing it even if you hate looking at yourself on video or if you don't like the way you sound on audio um and live is also you're going to have the ums and the ahs and you're not going to be perfect and it's not going to be scripted and you're not an anchor at a news station so we kind of have to just get comfortable with not being perfect and being uncomfortable in the execution of the thing that will at least let people know what you are what you do and who you are so um i like twitter spaces which is ironic because i joined clubhouse in 2020 but because my business with the eidl was exploding i mean a dozen leads a day we were having to sift through on if we if it even made sense to let them hire us because we don't approve the loan so i don't want to take your money and then all of a sudden like your your financing request is crap because you didn't you know do your taxes but anyway uh, uh so the i found that on clubhouse for me at the time social audio was very time consuming I would sit around and listen to people talking and I might have been learning about a subject. So I, it didn't make sense for me to request the mic to be a speaker or start my own spaces. I didn't know anybody there. It was brand new for me. So I had a lot of, there was a lot of head trash, but I also had no time. I did not have the time to convert that as a means for lead generation. And YouTube was sending us so many leads a day with Twitter spaces i've been on twitter since 2009 it is my favorite the last few months have been a little dicey right but uh twitter's been my favorite since 09 i feel it's a platform where anything goes and people just unfollow you but random thoughts are totally accepted it's been a therapy of mine and it's sort of like TikTok, where you just go on and you you know rant about something and it's over in a minute it, Twitter was the same thing, except it was all text, right? So I could hang out on the Twitter spaces, learn some stuff, potentially now participate. And I don't have to do my hair. I don't have to worry about, you know, putting makeup on or what am I wearing? You know, you and I had that conversation via DM, like, is this going to be on video? Because I want to manage my time with, with my prep, you know, like, do I have to like, get ready and you know look look not like I didn't just roll out of bed so I I think you have to try to find I just actually quoted this uh today because I was somebody was talking about uh I can't remember what she said but it wasn't uh it was something like well maybe you're talking to the wrong people but I don't remember the beginning of it, but it was it was pretty like thought provoking. And I wrote back, I said, well, you know, sometimes you got to walk down a dead end to find a new direction. So it, it, there's nothing wrong with starting as long as you start to test and to play around with the outlets we have available to us to promote our businesses and to broadcast our message and to promote and present our brand. So it's just a matter yeah, of thanks. finding the rhythm. Yeah, thank you. Um, you made some excellent points there as well, because um, I think there's a difference, isn't there, between camera ready and audio ready. Uh, and that, yes. that's very helpful to lots of people uh, for lots of reasons. And there's been a, 
I think that's what drove a lot of that boom. You mentioned Clubhouse, which was probably earlier on, uh, and a lot of people flocked there during the pandemic too. And of course, Twitter Spaces, uh, despite the last couple of months, I think that's a great uh, way of putting it, uh, continues. Uh, and there are some great conversations and some great uh, thinkers there too, you know? So uh, absolutely. But you made another great point, which was, sorry to cut a question in, but it's, it's that repurposing of content. And, you know, that's an excellent description of how one piece of content can end up in multiple places on multiple different distribution channels or for very, slightly variant uh, audiences. And I think that's a very important thing for people to to appreciate, you know, and sometimes you just got to put that little bit of effort in to make that one piece. And then all of a sudden you've got 10, 12 different pieces on various channels. Yeah. The overwhelm in managing the learning curve is I think the hardest part, it's, it's sort of like putting the sneakers on and walking out the door to go for a walk or a run, you know, you, you have to make the time to learn how to navigate uh, with the technology until it becomes familiar. And then it's second nature because you're, you know, you, you already know what you have to do, you know, the steps. And, and again, the art of delegating is part of the process too. If, like I, this is crazy. I love editing. I love editing videos. It's part of how I make our videos a part of our brand or bringing out our personalities. You know, we're two talking heads talking about financing. Why would you watch that? So because I like to think I'm a little, like I have some personality. I, I like inserting the funny B-roll and some sound effects and, you know, a lot of cartoon kind of based video or sound effects to, to make it pop a little bit more rather than, you know, all right, now your tax return. Don't forget to talk to your CPA. I mean, nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> so it's a, it's an opportunity. This marketing is an opportunity for, for you to be accessible and approachable. And I think that's like the sexiest part about you know, forget about web three, even web two with social media, the whole advent of social media was, you know, the beautiful part about it was the accessibility. I can, while I'm having coffee, whether it's, you know, whatever time you get up in the morning, I don't have, I can just be with my computer and reach out to so many people that I would not otherwise be able to reach. And again, part of the, part of the intro that you had about me was, I remember the typewriter carbon copy and certified mail to get something quickly to someone. And here, all of a sudden with social media, I'm like, what? I can talk to dozens and dozens of people versus hundreds and thousands of people because I don't have that kind of audience. But it was, you know, again, magical. So it's yeah, yeah. it's truly an authentic global reach. Uh, mm -hmm. it really is fantastic yeah thanks linda look before we run out of time i want to change gear a little bit and i want mm -hmm. to ask you some key questions so um one of the things i like to ask is about things that you read or information that you onboard and your learning style so are you a book person are you an audio book person do you scour the web are you constantly just living on twitter what type of information do you read or listen to what is it, a genre, a particular audience, sorry, particular media type? How does that work in your world, Linda? Sure. I used to be a huge reader, voracious reader when I was younger and until 
1999, which is when I pursued all my insurance licenses, my life license, my health license, my 6 and 63 securities license, and then my property and casualty license. And a lot of reading, a lot of tests. And I think that kind of broke me a little bit because I stopped reading fiction. And the fiction I used to read when I was younger was mysteries and, you know, thrillers and murders. I'm not a horror film person, but I do like me a bit of Agatha Christie. And that's kind of like, you know, I don't know if it was the Nancy Drew when I was a teen that <laughs> it's like oh okay so so a lot of book reading uh and then of course with the uh evolution of technology and and audio and audible i am now i listen to books uh because of all the testing with insurance and insurance requires continuing ed and even when you take your insurance license, that does not mean you're really good at insurance at all. You have to practice and you have to learn and you have to slip and fall a lot of times to figure it out. So I would read a lot of business books. I would read a ton of sales skills and sales training. Um, so it, it really flipped in 1999 for me and to this day. Um, I was a consummate bachelorette, so I, I was single. I was divorced by the time I was 30 and single until I met Trevor and when I was 48. So I, you know, I like to think I chartered the self-help aisle at the Barnes & Noble. I do like to, the human condition is, you know, very interesting to me and how we communicate or not communicate. Uh, but lately, Trevor and I, to really kind of give my brain a break, we have been um, listening to Bosch, which is a Michael Connolly series. I don't know if anybody knows, but he the, now see, this is about a multi-purposing. You know, he writes a book and he makes a se television series about it. And now he has a, a true crime like podcast. So, you know, multi-purposing content. But yeah, so. I just love murder mysteries. So there's that and self-help and, and business selling. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Linda. Yeah. That's, that's a nice mix. And uh, obviously the, the audible, the audio books playing a huge, uh, more of a growing part now. Right? Especially when you can put it on like, you know, 1.25 or 1.5. It really helps, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really it helps. Through more faster. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next thing I want to ask you is about, obviously, you, you mentioned, look, look, I'm nearly 40 years of this game, you know, so you must have had people along the way that have inspired you people that you admire when I ask you that kind of question, what what springs to mind? You know, it's not something terribly profound, but it has stuck with me since I was probably 25 years old, I was in Atlanta, I lived in Atlanta for nine years and I had a corporate job because young people sometimes go corporate first, learn the ropes and so on, right? And I was at a reinsurance corporation, which uh, we insured the insurance companies and I was on the ocean marine side. So yachts and tugboats and cargo and stevedores and all that marinas and it was so fun. And there was a manager 
who was not in the Ocean Marine Department. It was the smallest, smallest slice of the entire reinsurance company. We were like 7% or something, super small, super niche, right? That's a whole other podcast. And he, I was talking about something, you know, 25 years old, I, I was going to be buying a house or something. And, you know, I, I don't remember exactly the context, but he said something to me that has always stuck. And he said, the more you have, the more shit that goes wrong. And which was his way of saying, it was more about like stuff and materialistic things, you know, and toys and all of that. But I kind of took that to heart and it always stuck with me to keep things as simple as possible. Don't overcomplicate things. And it can be whether it's, you know, the tangible or the intangible. It could be, you know, something very abstract with a with an approach or a mindset or a system or process. And it's just, you know, keep it simple. Um, and I, also the other thing that I have always practiced that it could be debated. I'm kind of a just do it and then figure it out later, <laughs> which can be very messy. Um, but that's, I think, you know, the, the learning is in the messy a little bit sometimes. I think there's, there's times where you have to break things to learn how to put it back together or, or learn how it works, you know, and learn how to fix it so that you can then perfect it or at least improve upon it. And this, I, and I've seen this because I've started over three, four, I don't, I might be on my fifth time where, you know, I've tried to reinvent myself and I'm just fascinated where people like, Oh no, I got to work on it. I got to work on it. It's like, work on what? If you have the idea and you have something to share, just start doing it. When I, when I left the agency, and I kind of just said that I've been leaving and they're like, oh, can you help me with my marketing for my insurance? Whether, you know, wh whether they were an insurance agency or, you know, a broker or an adjuster in insurance. And I didn't even have a website. I didn't have any propaganda. I had no collateral to provide nothing. Sometimes it's just what you know and people want to understand how you can help them. So I'm a big proponent of start and pick up the pace as you go. <laughs> Thanks, Linda. It, it, it is interesting because I've been talking to quite a few people now. And I know you wrote a, a great ebook about people rebuilding their credit after bankruptcy, for example. Mm. But, mm -hmm. but what you said there is there's only so much planning maybe. And I'm, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big supporter of planning and working it all out and everything. You know, I think it does help, but I, I've also been having lots of conversations re really with people lately who, you know, really impressed upon me that that learning while you're in motion is so critical and it, it's different learning. It's not the same as the planning phase. Once you start, as you say, and whether that's the full, look, I'll figure it out as I'm in free fall approach or whether it's I can just adjust, tweak, pivot, change direction by a few degrees slightly. While you're in motion, I think it gives you a whole different perspective or at least new perspectives, which I think you don't necessarily get before you start, if that makes sense. It does. And I, you know, I think there is, I think it's very underrated that momentum isn't just about 
starting. It's about continuing with something that motivates you. And if you have passion and a purpose, but maybe it's just not super tight or super, you know, together, you don't, you won't know that until, I don't know. I edit stuff all the time and editing isn't just words. It's, you know, how many corporations that are huge corporations change their logos or change their message, you know, and you see it on, you don't know about it until you see it on an advertisement, but I don't know. I, I think there's, I think momentum is, it, it can be a, a useful feeling to make your progress a little bit more juicy, you know, with doing things. So I've, I've never talked about this before. So I'm just like, <laughs> no, but it's a great point that you make. I, I really appreciate you for, for raising that. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about before we, we wrap up today is when you think about the next six months or 12 months, do you, do you plan a month at a time? Are you thinking in quarters? You know, you mentioned earlier, for example, this pivot to, I suppose, um, the new sort of disaster loan type of business. But what's on your radar? What are you thinking about for the year ahead? Uh, what are you hoping to achieve? What's that look like for you, Linda? We have a few different endeavors that we'll, we'll be pursuing. One of them is to tighten up our approach and products for the natural disaster for the EIDL for natural disasters. So we had a bunch of, uh, we developed a bunch of online content when people were trying to apply for the COVID EIDL. And we had, you know, a roadmap to reconsideration. And, and plus uh, we extracted from the roadmap to reconsideration if people were on a budget and you only needed to know how to do one part of the process and not the whole thing, you could buy a blueprint, which was, you know, sectioned off, right? So we just kind of made the big thing into smaller chunks. And that was for COVID. We're developing all of that content to redistribute on for the natural disaster process. It's a, it's, it's different, but it's the same type of program, just a different approach. So again, repurposing content that we've already created. Uh, we're also probably going to expand that content where we'll introduce videos, whereas the other downloadable content was just strictly PDF. It was just all that we had time to muster up and create for people who couldn't afford our one-on-one -on -one cons uh, consultations. So we're looking to do more video incorporated with that product just again, just to make it a little bit more helping people guide them along if they can't get to us personally. And, and actually, we're not even offering consulting services anymore for one-on-one -on -one for that, only because the SBA is a terrible partner as, a, as an associate to, you know, they can't close a window, so much less a loan. So we don't, we're, we're not comfortable with taking people's money in that regard. Um, and as far as the... So that's the, the financing side. Trevor has songs and, and books that haven't seen the light of day. We have a plan that's probably more of a three-year plan for, for getting that stuff published. And then the NFT project, it's going to be a work in progress with the content that 
is already created to be delivered. If, if someone wants to mint an NFT, they have access to the content we created for small business owners and also, you know, just various types of things I'm going to be doing that I learned along the way that why not learn from somebody else, somebody else's mistakes. So that's just going to be an ongoing product in our arsenal of small business advice to provide. So, and that's, so that's a ongoing, yeah. I, I don't know if I'll ever mint out, but it's a, it's a goal. <laughs> Well, that, that sounds like a busy, a busy six to 12 months ahead for sure. And longer, you know, maybe over 36 months and, you mm-hmm. know, uh, continued success to you and to Trevor, because you've got a lot, you've got a lot going on there. And I, I suppose it, it feels to me as an outsider looking in that I know the business sort of exploded for you during the pandemic and you got very busy, very quickly with all those applications coming in, but it sounds like now with the uh, EIDL business, Mm-hmm. that you've got time to actually you know maybe add some extra elements to that that you just didn't have time for before absolutely correct a hundred percent and we're excited about it because it's it was the worst stress we ever had in our lives and we've been through some bleeps you know what i'm saying it was really bad and again i attribute that entirely to the dysfunction of our illustrious SBA agency. It was very heartbreaking, very, very sad. And we were very stressed out because some people did not manage stress really well. (laughs) And they kind of transferred that to us. So so we took some time off in 2022, uh, you know, on top of some other things, but it was the worst stress ever. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. Well, look, it it seems it seems more more measured. You seem to be enjoying it more. You seem to have a lot more planned, and it seems to be um, new elements, which is always exciting, uh, Linda. And look, yeah. the last thing I want to ask you as we wrap up our episode and our time together today is: is there anything else that I that I haven't mentioned, or anything that you'd like to touch on or share with our worldwide audience? And also. If people want to reach out and get in touch with yourself or Treasure Trevor, where's the best place to send them to? Is it a website? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Twitter? Where are you sending people to? All of the above, <laughs> but let's break it down. Most of my social media is Hey Linda Ray, H E Y, and then Linda R E Y. So Twitter, Instagram is uh, I'm there a lot. Um, I've started using TikTok, but not really to the extent of, of other platforms. Twitter's Halander Ray as well. That is where you, you, I'm there every day. It's like the first place I go. Our website is Aurora Consulting, which Aurora is like, I need to buy a vowel. Um, you know, it, it, there is something to picking names that are easy to say and easy to spell, <laughs> or it can be spelled without having to spell them. <laughs> But auroraconsulting.biz, which uh, I remember when someone told me, .biz, if you're not .com, you're you're no one. Well, it just so happens now with our small business consulting and advice, it works out quite nicely. So I do not regret it. But that's our website, uh, which is where also the NFT project is uh, uh, under Let's Glitch. It's it's called uh, Biz Glitch NFT. As far as anything you haven't asked me, you know, I love that question, but there's nothing that comes to mind other than, 
if you have an idea, don't don't sit on it because then the only thing that really comes from that is is a regret of either not doing it or not doing it sooner. And also you have to kind of give yourself some grace on letting your genius come out and and you can you can be proud and humble at the same time. I I, I think there's I think that's a beautiful thing. So just do it, you know. <laughs> even though Nike said that. <laughs> well, look, it, it, it sounds like that's the plan. And, uh, you know, people just need to move forward. That's great. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of your great editing on all your YouTube channels, uh, your new um, EIDL uh, projects and maybe some minting down the road. We will see how the year unfolds. Yeah. Yes, I thank you so much for having me. Thank you for inviting me and talking with me. It, it really means a lot. So I appreciate you so much. Well, look, that brings us nicely to the end of the episode today uh, with Linda Ray. So thanks to Linda. Thanks to everybody for watching or listening to this episode around the world. And make sure that you, you know, do the usual, like, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I'd like to see people back here for more discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. So thank you, Linda. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you again. Thank you, Simon.